0: Earn the title podcast, where we earn the title every single time. (laughs) My name is Taylor. I'm Ed. We are your hosts, and today's show is brought to you in part by freeipods.com. You can go to freeipods.com for all of your free iPod needs. Now, featuring color iPods, where you can load your photos and view them, scroll through them, and share memories with your friends. There you go. Freeipods.com forward slash awesome. Let's go back in time to um, 1999, Ed. I was 10. You were 10 years old. I was uh, I was a few years older. And in 1999, I was... Uh, I, I remember, I want to say it was about 8th grade, and I saw an advertisement where you could order one CD and you get 12 for free. Wow. Did you ever... Sign on to those multi-level marketing scheme things. No, I did not. Thankfully, I I did, and I'm going to tell you about it. So I I want to say it was Billboard or it was something I can't remember what it was called. And basically, you bought a CD, and I remember I bought the Green Day Dookie CD. I got in trouble from my mom because it was Dookie. Yeah, and sorry, mom, if you're listening, I have been reformed since, but. Kind I ordered Green Day Dookie, and then I got twelve other CDs. So I remember I bought the Ramones. I was oh. disappointed to find that they were like old school punk and not like mm-hmm. MXPX Blink One Eighty Two. Some of you have already been lost on this podcast, but <laughs> I bought all of these CDs. I bought a Beatles one so that I could feel like I was a true you know, artist. I was a true like musician. Kid bought a bunch of um, bought a bunch of these albums, right? And so I got twelve out. But then over the next twelve months. I had not knowing, like I would inadvertently signed up for these monthly subscriptions to all of these different things. And yep. I was paying my parents' money about $50 a month. <laughs> also, I could get these 12 CDs. And eventually, it ended up costing me, I had to pay my parents back, upwards of about $300 for these 12 CDs. Mm. It was definitely not working. You ever, been, you ever
1: been duped into something like that? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I just the other day. Just the other day. Like, I'm sorry. Thankfully, thankfully, I dodged this one. Brittany and I, my wife Brittany and I are sitting in the living room watching a show and there's a knock on the door. I open the door and there's a lady there who proceeds to try to convince me that she wants- To eat an apple. No. No. She, I already eat apples. I, I don't need to be convinced of that. But she wanted to do the windows on our house for free with no catch. That they were a company that looked for houses that were strategically placed in neighborhoods that would grab attention. And so for free, they wanted to do the windows in our house. For free. (laughs) For free. Probably a $20,000 job. And I was like, no way that this is real. Thankfully, due to other... We had a friend show up at our house one time. Saying he wanted to hang out and practice a speech he needed to give, and then proceeded to try to do an MLM thing with us. And That's so, amazing. Yeah, that so, makes my day. Yeah, so all that to say, I am wary of those things. I'm just kind of naturally skeptical with that,
0: though. We had we had a guy one time who um, he wanted us to buy into this company that was doing video emails, Ooh. and he said this is the future of technology, it video is. email, um, which he did not know how prophetic and pathetic at the same time that he was. It's just a whole thing. But I, I remember one time I got the right side of this. So my youth pastor back in high school, um, he finds this thing called freeipods.com. Um, Partial sponsor. Our, par- our sponsor for today. So he yeah. finds freeipods.com, and freeipods.com was basically uh, an absolutely multi-level marketing thing. It's not even funny. So, But he sees this on, on CNET or something like that. And they said it's a legit thing. So what you do is you go on there, you get five people to complete an offer, offers such as uh, a three three week t- trial to Blockbuster Online, RIP,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, all of these different online subscriptions. And once you completed your subscription, it would notify them, and you get that you know you get five people to do it. They send you a free iPod. Yeah. So we're all like, no, there's no way. And he's like, I'll pay you each five bucks. So me and four of my friends, we're all youth leaders. He gives us each five bucks to do it. Mm-hmm. So a month later, he shows up with his brand new iPod that he gets for free from freeipods.com wearing a t-shirt that says, I love freeipods.com. No joke. True story. So I see this. I become an ambassador for this thing because oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm about to get a free iPod too. And so I remember it's just before I went to Bible college and Probably weeks before I met you for the first time. And I, so I get five people to do this thing Um, to the point where I was like, I'll pay you to do it. Give me your information. I will sign it up for you and I will cancel your subscription for you because I'm, I'm about to get this free iPod. And so I do it, I complete all these offers, and so I end up getting the free iPod. It was the day after the iPod photo came out. So I get it in the box, I take it to the Apple store, and I said, can I exchange this for an iPod photo? They said yes. So I got a free iPod photo. So I go down to Portland Bible College, That next week, literally. I mean, I mean, I literally got it the week before I moved. And so I go down there, and I'm telling everyone and their mom about freeipods.com. I'm like, it's real. I got the T-shirt to prove it. And by the way, it is still hanging up in my closet to this day. Not a false story. I will post a picture of it because they are our. You still have the iPod. Still, I do still have the physical iPod. It is in my office right now. Uh, It no longer works, however. So. Um, but yeah, I, so I remember, I remember telling everybody about this. I got several people to get freeipods.com or to go to freeipods.com and actually get a free iPod. One of my friends, Jordan Phillip, you and I both know him. He uh, still had his iPod up until a year ago. He was still using his. Mm-hmm ipod video that he got from freeipods.com and it goes to show when you are an ambassador for something you can see anything happen including you can get a sponsor for a (laughs) podcast that you start we worked hard we made it happen and here we are rolling in the dough because we got a sponsor for our podcast so that brings me to our next question what does that look like to be an ambassador you know we talked about Mm -hmm. this on sunday you talked about this in your message brilliant talk about how um God is making his appeal through the way that we live our lives. Let's talk about that. What does that look like? Because in this day, a lot of talk, mm-hmm. a lot of convincing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: understandably. Yeah. A lot of dialogue, uh, or maybe more so monologue mm-hmm. and then shutting down the dialogue yeah. by unfriending. Yeah. But nonetheless, a lot of
1: talking, not a lot of living. Yeah. What's that look like? Well, we said, I, I said this on Sunday, and I, I feel it's really true. I think it's very intentional that Paul says God is making his appeal through the way we live, not through the way we talk. Mm. Um, I think talk is really cheap. I've been convicted in my life, we were talking about it before we hit record, that um, I, I believe there are many Christians that are trying to convince people with words, a faith, that they're... Friends or people that they're around have not seen work in their lives. Mm. And so we try to convince people that God is a God of hope, and yet we are downtrodden, defeated, and full of despair. We try to convince that God is a God who values all people, and yet hatred is obvious in our lives and who we exclude and show a lack of care for. Mm. We try to say that God is a reconciler, but we're the most divisive among our friends. And so we're trying to sell a faith that in observation is not working. Yeah. And so I I I think what's it look like? Man, I I have this hope and this desire to live a life so chasing after Jesus, establishing the kingdom of God, reconciling people back to him that how I live is attractive. And then people as they observe how I live being I have hope even though I'm in the midst of trying circumstances. My faith is strong. I am a lover of people. I'm generous and benevolent. That that type of living grabs people's attention and then they ask me, man, what's different? You should be X right now and yet you're doing something opposite. You're doing something other than what I would expect you to do. Mm. Why is that? And then out of that, now we can have conversation. Mm. I wonder. I wonder if the people that we're praying for, that God would save or bring back to Him, that process would go quicker if we stopped trying to talk them into it and started trying to show them into it. Yeah. How,
0: yeah. That idea of trying to talk people into it rather than show people. Um, you know, that reminds me of the story, and I, I talked about this recently. Uh, the story of when Jesus recruits Philip and Nathaniel. Mm-hmm. And you've got Nathaniel who is like, dude, can anything good come? So Philip was early on, an, an early adopter. And he sees Jesus, sees um, that he's, he's the guy that they've been waiting for. He's the Messiah. And he goes to, to Nathaniel, and he's like, yo, this is the dude. He's the one we've been waiting for. And Nathaniel's like, can anything good mm-hmm. come from Nazareth? And I thought it was so intriguing that what Philip said, he said, come and see. And there's so much to those three words, come and see. And on one hand, it's an invitation to follow Jesus and see, which is a huge, huge part of it. But I also think there was some brilliance in what Philip was saying there, is you will see, you'll observe, and you'll know. Not just, he is, and let me convince you. Mm -hmm. But actually, that by observing what it looks like to follow Jesus— you will see that Jesus works. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about that, how, you know, at the end of the day, Jesus works.
1: We want people to see that. Well, and I think that's the thing that I'm, I'm becoming passionate about, is if we're not careful, we will proclaim a faith that we're not observing. Mm. And then put the onus on the people who aren't buying into our faith, saying they don't get it. When what they're observing is intellectual dishonesty. So I I can't live a dishonest life proclaiming something that I'm not living out. And I'm not talking about perfection, by the way. That's not what I'm talking about. Because that's the standard argument to a statement like that. Is we have to be allowed to be human. I 110% agree. We should be allowed to be human. But I think what's unfortunate is a lot of us are painting a Jesus that is loving and caring and a unifier and a reconciler and goes about establishing righteousness, peace, and hope. And then what people are observing in our behavior and in our social media platforms is everything but that. Mm. And so we're creating this, this cognitive dissonance where it's like, dude, what you're claiming Jesus is and what I'm observing in your behavior is not honest. Mm. And so the honest isn't on those people for not buying in. The onus is on us to reconcile our behavior to the Jesus that we're claiming we follow. Well,
0: yeah, it's it's interesting. The mm-hmm. passage begins with, we no longer regard people from a worldly point of view. Mm-hmm. But what happens from the people in the world, if we were to use that language, they're they're seeing us regard them mm-hmm. with a worldly point of view.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So... Somebody who's not in the church, or maybe they've been hurt by church, or maybe they've run from church, or they've avoided God, or they don't know God, or they, have, they may even have bad, wrong, misinformed views about God. They could be wrong. And yet what they see is Christians seeing others through a worldly point of view. So I know, I know God's love. It says, for Christ's love compels us. Mm-hmm. And yet how I act, how I perceive others... Um, how I think about them, how I talk about them, or maybe it's not them, but I, how I talk about people like them, mm-hmm. how I talk about people whose narrative is so different than mine that in my right mind, I cannot fathom how they would experience something different than me. And so what am I doing? I'm regarding them with a worldly point of view. And Paul says, no, 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 we don't. That's not how we mm-hmm. see anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think, so here's another thing that's thrown in me that I'm getting passionate about is... It is so easy for us to end up in an echo chamber Mm. surrounded by people that all agree with and see the same world that I see and that I believe in. And then when I get around someone who brings through their worldview and how they see truth, a, a honest argument with facts based on who they see and what they believe and what they see is true and the only way I know how to regard and interact with them is to shut them down or to argue or to be aggressive or be upset, is so detrimental to what I see in the teachings of Jesus. Jesus could sit with difference. He sat in the room with difference and had empathy for, I understand that in light of what you know and what you value, Mm. this is where you came to that conclusion. The trump card Jesus held is he was different. Mm. And I, I, th- I think, man, like how powerful could it be for us to hold, which we do, we hold the hope of the world yep. in our lives and how we live that Jesus is working in us and through us. So yes, hopefully we get to the point, like I think, was it Paul in Acts when he's talking, um, I can't remember where, what city he was in, but they, they had a, uh, a shrine to an unknown God. Yeah. And Paul understood their value set and how they thought enough to make an intellectually honest argument in their language that this unknown God was the God that Paul served. How powerful would it be for me to not be so in an echo chamber where I'm only ever hearing facts and information that I already agree with, but I'm sitting in the room with difference, learning the language enough that I can speak their language, but speak to my truth and what a powerful way to not get lost in translation and then add on top of that that following jesus works we know it works when we submit to establishing the kingdom of god and allowing jesus to grow us into someone that can do that now i can have a conversation in your language from a platform that is attractive in how i live that's the type of person that can be an ambassador for christ
0: yeah that's that's such a good thought um I think it's interesting as you go continue through on the or throughout the passage, he goes on to say, so you know the, um, we no longer regard anyone from a worldly point of view, though we used to see Jesus this way, we didn't don't any longer. so you know God's making his appeal through us. we're his ambassadors, but then he, he ends with something that I think is so crucial that we understand because it helps frame how we see everything you just said. And that is, we are there for Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you now on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Mm-hmm. For God made him who knew no sin to become sin, so that in him we could become the righteousness of God. And I think that idea of we ourselves need reconciliation. We need to be brought back to the, this place with God where he has reconciled us. Mm-hmm. Like, And I think it's so easy to get arrogant, huh? Um, or maybe it's not arrogant, maybe it's not intentional, but like you said, with that echo chamber, just live in this world where, you know, you and I, we've been in church for a long time. We've been around Christianity for a long time. Our families have both been in, in, um, in the ministry for a long time and around that world. And man, I'm so thankful for, I wouldn't change it for the world. I am thankful for it. it has made me who I am. I love God, love the church, love the local church, love the mission of God. And yet it is so easy for me to live in that normal experience for me and miss the fact that God, for me, it is is not a unique story that I, just like every other person, need to be brought back to this place where I was messed up. But Jesus, who knew no sin, became my sin so that in him I could become his righteousness. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, be reconciled. And when I'm reconciled, when I'm realizing my own need to be brought back to God, it makes so much more sense for me to go and bring others back to God Mm -hmm. and bring others back to this place. Or to be an ambassador, to tell, you know, to use the cliche language, to tell people about Jesus, aka live a life that compels people to want to know what I know. The way I father my kids, the way I take care of my lawn, the way I treat my neighbors, the way I am in the line at Starbucks, the way... I overlook the offenses of others. All of that kind of stuff is all an invitation for me to be reconciled to God, and then for me to invite others into that same thing.
1: Well, I think there's a depth. I can't. I can't convince people of something I'm not convinced of myself. Mm. And so there's a depth of it worked for me, guys. Like your iPod story. the The reason you gave free iPods.com a try is because you saw it work for someone else. Mm, that's and great. then the reason that you were an ambassador of it and other people bought into it is because they observed it work for you. And so I, what, like, if if I'm not actively being restored back to Christ, if like it says working out my salvation, if I'm not uh, like second Corinthians four, if, if I'm not continually returning to, we hold this earth, like this heavenly power and earthly vest, like, if I'm not constantly wrestling that out, working that out, and, and coming back to the conclusion that Jesus works and I need to continue to submit to this process that's being worked out in my life, no wonder I'm going to have a hard time selling someone else on the fact that this works. Yeah. But if God is actively working in me, man, that, should, that formula should work for other people. And so I, I, my hope and my desire would be that we become a church, capital C Church, that falls in love with the process of working out our salvation and in chasing out that and turning around and the outworking of that, establishing the kingdom of God. As I'm being reconciled myself, I should be reinvesting righteousness, peace, and joy into the world. And that should make what we believe attractive. And then I shouldn't need to be marching around with a list of rules and commandments and should and shouldn'ts that I'm forcing onto people. I should just be so thankful I have a Savior and that I'm working that out. And then people are going to fall in love with that concept. And I, I think there are moments, there are times where we take a stand for what we believe and, and what is true. But yeah, man, those got to be the exception not common.
0: you know. Well, and, and a lot of times when we're trying to convince others or win people over or whatever, there are often times that us doing that is somehow making up for the fact that really we're convincing ourselves in that moment. And rather than convincing ourselves, like let's be convinced, go back to the very first thing, what Jesus, what the angel who wrote to the seven churches in Revelation said, he's, he wrote to the church in Ephesus, he said, get back to your first love. Mm-hmm. What if that's God's invitation to us today? COVID land, election stuff. Um, who knows if we'll ever have a new president again? Maybe not. I don't know. That's wild to think about. Let's talk about that. No, but in this whole world, man, let's man let's it was so it. <laughs> let's not <laughs> let's talk about, about it. that. Um, FreeHivePuzz.com. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. But, um, and with so many um, things that are trying to really rock the foundation of everything, maybe we were on in some ways in our lives, and I'm not here to say that everything pre-COVID is bad and everything post-COVID will be utopia. No, I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think some things will return and some things will look different and all of the everything in between. But I think every day is an invitation from Jesus get back to me, get back to your first love, be loved by, encouraged by, filled up by, um, sent out by me. Mm -hmm. And I think if we're doing that, it's the least that we can do is go to others and compel by the way that we live. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've had experiences like this. I had one recently where somebody who'd been away from church for a bit. Um, one of the things that brought them back into the fold a little bit was seeing like, man, my life's not working. Mm -hmm. And, but I'm seeing your guys' lives work. And he's like, I missed that. Mm -hmm. And I realized this whole time the thing that I needed the whole time was the thing that followed me, and that was Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that was so cool and weird and awesome to hear. It was like, the thing the whole time was Jesus, and the thing always will be Jesus. Mm-hmm. We complicate it, though, when we try and make it more than it is. Yeah. And, man, we'll do it again. And Jesus will say, come back to your first love again. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully we don't do it too many times, get too wackadoo, and uh, put our hope in. Um, you know, some website where you get free iPods or into some election. Yeah. But that our hope is in Jesus. And and I know that's such a big picture thought, yet it's such a practical right here, right now. Where's my hope? Jesus. What keeps me going? Jesus. And what can change the lives of others? Is Jesus' life changing mine and me showing that Jesus works in my life to others? Yeah. So I think that's a good word for us today. Any final thoughts as we wrap up? Yeah,
1: I, I would say this came up in our life group on Tuesday night. I I think it is good and healthy for us to allow this season of feeling untethered to make us decide what we're most certain about. Mm. And I know for myself, I've had real, you and I've talked about it. I've had real big questions about church Mm -hmm. and what the church does and why we do what we do and what's the best expression of church. And what's the role of the corporate gathering? What's the role of being in the community? Like, I think that's good. And, and I, I love that you say let's return back to the first love. I, th- I, th- I think the only thing we should be outrageously certain for in this season is that God is for us. And he's still with us. And that he died for our sins. And he rose again on the third day. And anyone who does that, the only one in history to do it, anyone who does that is worth following and observing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what the New Testament church was hinged upon, is that Jesus did what he said he was going to do. And, and he, he died on the cross for our sins, and that's what we can lean into as well. And so I, I would say, if you find yourself questioning in this season, yeah, yeah, good. Let's get back to the things that we're most sure about and allow Jesus to rebuild what our faith looks like. I think in a way that we never would have been able to if we hadn't have leaned into this season. Yeah.
0: I'm reminded as we close First Corinthians 2:2, 2, 2, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's Paul, the author of theology. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, who invented theology? Paul, pretty much, right? And yet he, the one who had all of these other things to say, said, you know what? If I'm certain about anything, you know what it is? Christ, him crucified. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Let's keep that simple. And that's not a doctrinal thing. That's a, that's a, a whole life thing. Man, that shapes us from the inside out. So let's live it out. Let's love people. Let's compel them. Let's get them to sign up for our MLMs. Get some free iPods. Get some free dietary supplements. Energy <laughs> drinks. All oh. natural energy drinks. All natural and Christians
1: don't need any help pushing MLMs, man. Yeah, we I don't. <laughs> <we> don't.
0: <laughs> I I here's the deal though, like because I'm down. I I'm down for an iPad Pro.
1: So ipadpros.com, freeipadpros.com. You want to sponsor us? Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's make it happen. I'm down for
0: it. New iPad Pro. It's going to be next week. We're going to record using software on my free iPod Pro, iPad Pro. There you go. There it is. All right. Uh, Make sure you tune in next week. Subscribe, rate, listen, and uh, we will see you later.